I do still have just the tiniest little tug in my heart. And I don't know. Maybe I just need to read this scripture and be done. I don't know. But uh, you pray for us tonight. We don't want to stand in her way. We don't want to stand in any other sinner's way in this place tonight. And uh, I I know these men that scoff at this, but the Bible says to quench not the spirit. And I know these folks that says, oh, well, just because you didn't do what you were supposed to do, that'll never stand in somebody's way. It will. The right. Bible says to quench not the Spirit. And, uh, you know, I, I've learned a long time ago, there's been times in my life that the Lord has blessed me, and I did not deserve those blessings. I was not spiritually in a place that I needed to be to get my cup filled the way that it was. But I can tell you that there's been times in my life that I've learned that if I did not want the Lord, the Lord would not come to me. And if I did not do what He told me to do, He would not help me. And uh, I, I'm a firm believer that the Lord don't go where He's not wanted. The reason He's not in the bar. There's a reason He's not at all these places. He don't go where He's not wanted. But I do believe if you've got that desire in your heart, that He looks on the heart, looks on your desire, and looks on what you need, and I'm glad that He's able to satisfy. Is there anything tonight on your hearts? Okay. Alright, Acts chapter number 16. Very familiar Scripture. Read a little more than we normally do, so you bear with us. If you can watch a 30-minute TV show and never get bored, you can listen to the man of God read for three or four minutes. Right. <clears throat> don't mean that ugly towards folks. I don't understand why our attention span is so short in the house of God when we can do all these other things. Yeah. Pray for us tonight. Acts chapter number 16. And I'll start at the 13th verse. Said, and on the Sabbath we went out of the city by a riverside, where prayer was wont to be made. And we sat down and spake unto the women which resorted thither. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshipped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened, that she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. And when she was baptized in her household, she besought us saying, If ye have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. And it came to pass, as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us, and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days, but Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out of the same, and he came out the same hour. And when her master saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace under the rulers, and besought them to the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city. And teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates ran off their, their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. 
who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet uh, fast in the stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awakening out of his sleep, and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized, he and all his straightway. And when he had brought them into his house and he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. And when it was day, the magistrate sent the surgeon, saying, Let these men go. And the keeper of the prison told this saying to Paul, The magistrates have sent to thee or have sent to let you go. Now therefore depart and go in peace. But Paul said unto them, They have beaten us openly, uncondemned being Romans, and have cast us into prison. And now do they thrust us out privately. Nay, verily, but let them come to themselves and fetch us out. And the surgeons told these words unto the magistrates, and they feared when they had heard that they were Romans. And they came and besought them and brought them out and desired them to depart out of the city. And they went out of the prison and entered into the house of Lydia. And when, and when they had seen the brethren, they comforted them and departed. That's all that's on my heart to read tonight. And that's all that's on my heart to go over with you tonight. And I don't know exactly what we need to preach out of this scripture tonight, but... And I got to thinking about how that Paul and Silas here was doing everything right. They was doing everything that they knew to possibly do to serve the Lord. They wouldn't do anything wrong in those hours, but yet they were still put into prison. And even though they was doing the best that they could, and even though they was trying to follow the Lord, they still found themselves bound up, and they still found themselves put into the innermost part of that prison. And you know it starts out over here that they went to a certain city and it talks about how as they began that they was a people that was meeting to pray. And listen, it said that they was there where prayer was wont to be made. Now I want to say to us tonight that sometimes we don't understand exactly what it means to pray. Listen, there's a difference in them just tiny little prayers that we whisper under our breath versus those great burdens that we carry down in our hearts. And listen, there is a difference in keeping a prayer on your heart and versus what prayer where it's want to be made. There was a desire by those women in that day as they met down there by that riverside to gather together and pray to the master of the universe. Listen, we live in a day nowadays where our prayers don't last much more than just a minute or two. I've heard lots of folks say to me, they say, I don't know how to pray. Really, I don't know how to pray either. I do know that prayer is the desires of your heart that you share in confidence with the master that he can answer those things. But did you know that true 
truly that we cannot pray if the Spirit of God does not help us to pray. There's been times in my life that I've tried to pray and it seems like I couldn't get anywhere. There'd be times I'd try to dig in and I'd try to get a hold of something, but it just didn't seem like God would ever open that door. But there's also been times where I felt the door of heaven open and I was able to commune directly with my Master. I was able to talk to Him unhindered. I was able to speak with Him everything that was hidden in my heart. And I knew without a shadow of a doubt that the Master had heard me. Now listen, that's a sad day over here. It talks about where prayer was wont to be made. Listen, prayer needed to happen, but it was not everybody that was gathered together for that prayer. It was just the women. Listen, I want to say to you today, you men in this church, I know that your brothers preach to you, but you have a spiritual responsibility as the head of your home and as those that come into this place to lead your family in spiritual worship, to lead your family in prayer, to lead your family in devotion. I want to say to you tonight that it's sad today that most of the time if we truly want to have good prayer, we've got to rely on some good sister. If we want somebody to testify, we've got to rely on some good sister. And I'm glad for you sisters that's able to pump the service and to help God. I'm glad for those of you that say close. But did you know that the men in this place have just as much responsibility? Listen, we wait for somebody else to do something for us. Oh, but listen to me tonight. God's got to work for every single person. And He's got a job for every single person. You don't have to be a preacher to work in the service of God. You don't have to be a deacon to work in the service of God. And listen, you don't have to have some kind of office in the church to work for God. You know, I've been to a church one time and over the back door as you walk out, it said you are now entering into the mission field. Listen, I want to say to us tonight that there's some times that prayers want to be made. There's some times that there is a need and we need to be able to get together and gather our hearts one more time. Listen, I know that it's Monday, but there's still a need. Prayer needs to happen in the house of God tonight. For He told the people over there when He overturned the money changer's table, He said, my house is a house of prayer. It's not a den of thieves, but it's a place that God's children come to pray. Listen, they was doing and everything right. They had come to prayer meeting. They had come and devoted themselves. They was doing everything right to try to serve God and try to be on the battlefield. But I want to say when everything's going right, that's exactly when the devil likes to come in and stir and cause problems. Now, they use times that you must pay. And you might say, Brother Ethan, how's this Listen, I don't know how this goes with the revival tonight. It's just what's on my heart. And listen, you just pray for us tonight. Because I do believe that they use time in spirit. I do believe that the devil wants to bind his church. And I do believe that there's great freedom from those chains that hold us down. I believe through the Spirit of God that no matter what comes our way, we can overcome and we can have victory, even when it looks dark and even when it's hard. But you know, there's times in your life that you have to pay for the sins 
that you have committed. <laughs> There's times in your life that you will make payment. And you know I hear people sometimes that say in those hours of something that they themselves have consciously chose to do and then they're paying for that from the hand of God and they say, oh, the devil's against me. Oh, I'm just feeling him. Did you know that that spiritual warfare is greater than we give it credit for sometimes? Listen, we blame the devil for everything. I blame the devil for everything in my life. But did you know the devil gets under you blame sometimes just because we're sinners and we choose to do wrong and it took no prompting from Him. It's the wickedness in our hearts that drives us away from God. And we chose to do without no prompting from Him. And old friends, you'll pay for it in that hour. You pay for not following the Lord. You pay for not doing the things that God has told you to do. Did you know in those hours that that's what causes that kind of... I told you earlier, listen, the Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, that there is liberty. Where He is at, there's freedom tonight, friends. But any time that you get bound, listen, it's not of God. Any time that you get bogged down, you can have liberty and you can have freedom over those things. But I'm telling you, it does take some fighting. It does take some battling. And it takes some grit from the child of God to overcome. Now I want to ask you tonight, if you're struggling this bad right now to serve God, what are you going to do when the seals begin to open? If you're struggling this bad to serve God, what are you going to do when great death comes to planet earth and the Antichrist begins to show himself? What are you going to do when it gets hard? Listen, if we're struggling in a day where we have absolute freedom, if we're bogged down in a day that we have absolute freedom, what are you going to do when the enemy shows himself in the most force and the most power that he's ever had? Oh, friends, I'm telling you, things can go right. And we can have revival and things can go right. But the devil is right on the table of the goodness that God has given us. The devil is right behind trying to destroy the things that God has built in this place. Because he wants to steal that joy. And he wants to steal that praise. And he wants to steal that honor. You see, they was going out and folks was getting saved. You know, they went there to pray. They went to Lydia and they preached to her the gospel. And Lydia believed. Lydia was saved right on the heels of that great victory. Come this certain damsel that was possessed with that spirit. And that spirit began to say unto them that these are the men of the Most High God that showed us the way of salvation. It began to mock them. It began to torment them, friends. And I'm telling you that spiritual warfare sometimes is a great torment. Listen, you look at your brothers and sisters in that hour and you say, oh, they ought to just put on their bootstraps. Oh, they ought to just get over it. Did you know how bad that the torment is sometimes? And we have no compassion whatsoever on our brothers and sisters. 
Now, sometimes I do think it's because you've not been tormented. Right. Sometimes I believe you just don't understand. You know, I'll say this to you tonight. You have to be careful in an hour of desperation what you say to your brothers and sisters. Listen, me and my wife, since I've seen you last, last year when I was here, we had lost one baby. Since I've seen you, we've lost another. And listen, people come to us with the best of intentions trying to say something nice. They come with the best of intentions. But if you've not been down that road, you don't understand. You think you do. And you think you can help. But oh, friends, we've all got our own battles to fight. And listen, I'm saying tonight that on the heels of great victory comes a great warfare. On the heels of good things that God has done, we must guard our hearts. What about Elijah? I mean, this brother's talking about him some this week. You would think after the greatest victory that he had in those states where he was up on the mountain, called down literal fire out of heaven to consume that burnt offering, called it down, slew the 450 prophets of Baal, won a great victory for God. You would think in the wake of that that he would be alright. You would think in the wake of that that he would be able to be high in the Spirit. But I tell you, he didn't much more than run from that mountain. He got down to the bottom and you find himself in that next chapter and his head was under the juniper tree saying, there's no hope for me because Jezebel is going to seek my life. There's nothing else that I can do. There's nowhere that I can turn. I just want to die. You say, oh, how can someone who has experienced such great things in their life get so low? I'm telling you that the enemy takes advantage of every weakness that you have. He took advantage of them in this hour because of their preaching. They could mock them for their preaching. They could mock them for their faith. They could mock them for the one that they had just got saved. And listen, it was in that hour of great victory that destruction followed. And you know... I'm glad that God does deliver through spiritual warfare and He did here too. But did you know after Elijah was over there and he laid his head on the pillar on the, on the rock, under the juniper tree there, he laid down, it said that God woke him up from his slumber. And it said that he sent an angel and put a little cake on the fire and put a little cruise of water there. And he said that you need to eat because the journey's too great for you. Listen, I have heard people my whole life and I understand where they're coming with this. I've heard people my whole life say, They'll say, oh, God, don't put nothing on you more than you can handle. People experience more than they physically can handle every day. But my grace, God says, is sufficient for thee in your own strength. You cannot fight the battle in your own strength. You cannot fight the warfare. But His grace sustains you in those darkest hours. Now listen, I want to caution you. Not to let the devil hinder what's been started in this place. This very well might be the last night of revival. But it's a start. We've had sinners hold the altar. It's a spiritual start. Because you're in better shape now than you were when we started. But I want to say on the heels of victory, you must guard your heart. Because the devil will be here. Well, friends, 
Best time for a church to have a blow-up, right after revival. Best time for the sin to come between a brother and a sister is when God's wanting to move. And I do believe that God can provide. But did you know that in this hour, they took all that they could take. And they were fighting that battle and had that coming at them day after day. It said that they went and cast the devil out of that one. It said that when she lost her power for soothsaying, that they brought them before the magistrates and they were beaten and they were pound and then they were put in jail. Now when the devil comes on the scene, he'll bind you up, friends. And none of us likes to be bound. I don't like to be bound. I want to have freedom. I want to be able to preach how I need to preach. I want to be able to testify how I need to be able to testify. We ain't all got the same style. We ain't all got the same thing to say. And I'm glad that we're not all robots and copies of each other. But I'm glad that God's got to work for every one of us in this place. You be you in the service of God. And He can take and use you to help somebody. Just be yourself. You don't have listen. We put chains on our own self because we say we can't act a certain way and we can't do a certain... Listen, I'm telling you today that you can get so high in the Spirit that you begin to not worry about what everybody else thinks about you. You don't care to testify at that point. You don't care to get beside of yourself and cry. It'd be good for some of us just to lose our dignity, to cry that makeup off your eyes, to worship God in because the devil is after every one of us. And you know, after that great victory is when they were bound. And I'm glad that man don't have to stay bound. I'm glad that a church don't have to stay bound. Listen, you might say the church has been still a little bound. I don't know. I'm not here every Sunday. I don't know. All I know is what God shows me. But a church does not have to stay bound by the devil. <laughs> Now I want to say that not every situation in your life has to be right in order for you to serve God. Most of the time we need perfect conditions. We need perfect conditions to testify. We've got to be in the house of God. Sister so-and-so had to testify before us. The singing had to be good. The preacher had to get wound up. I had to feel a little something. I had to do all these A, B, C, D, E, F, G for conditions to be right for me to do my little part. Conditions weren't right for them when they were in prison. They were bound hand and foot. They had been whipped and beaten, bloody and pain, and yet they still served God. Listen to me tonight, friends. Things don't have to be right in your life to still love the Master. Things don't have to be right in your home to still have peace in your heart. I want to say to you tonight, the devil loves to behind. But you know what you can do to get him off your back? And it's what I've had to do time after time. I've just had to go back to the Lord and say, Lord, I love you. And I need you one more time. And listen, even like through the death of those two babies, I've had to learn that the Lord is the giver and taker of life. That He 
he can do what he wants to. As much as I've prayed and as much as I've begged, he can still do what he wants to. But I cannot stand up here today and say that he's a bad God because he took my babies. I can still say he's provided for me and that he loves me. And I can say even through this that I love him. Conditions did not have to be right in my home for me to worship the Master. They weren't right in the jail cell. You know what they did to get unbound? And it was nothing but God. In those hours of spiritual warfare when you're so bogged down, unless the Master comes by and delivers you, there's no hope for you. But even if you've not been delivered from that warfare, you still can pray. Now listen, even in the battle, there's still things to praise Him over. Even in the struggles, there's still things to praise Him over. So what if you've got some stripes on your back where the devil's whooped you down? So what if your kids have run out from you and done things that you're not proud of? It's not God that's forsaken you, friends. He can sustain you know, the Bible tells us to speak to ourselves in spiritual songs and hymns. It tells us at all times to guard our hearts and to be thinking about the things of the Lord. You know what they did in the midnight hour in the lowest that they got? Instead of saying, oh, woe is me. Instead of saying, I can't go another step. Instead of saying, I can't do a thing. They began to praise with love in their heart. We have forgot how to praise God. In these days, we can praise Him for giving us a new car. We can praise Him for giving us a raise. We can praise Him because our kids have made good grades. But what about just praising Him for His majesty and His glory and His honor and who He is as a, as a God? Who He is as a Savior. What about just lifting up holy... You know, we feel so constrained in Baptist churches, we can't even raise our hands most of the time. Somebody's going to look at us. Might claim that you're holy. Holiness. Oh, we just we just got to sit here and just feel that joy on the inside and just do nothing with it. Just say, thank you, Lord. But I'm telling you, we've forgotten how to pray. You know, if you read the last five songs... 145, 146, 147, 148, 140, the last six songs. You read them all. Every single one of them is about how to praise the Lord. He said, let every thing that hath breath praise the Lord. Listen to me tonight. That's me. Listen to you tonight. That's you. Things don't have to be right for you to worship God. If you've got breath, you can praise Him. I want to say to you tonight that when we get bound up, that that's the time. That's the most critical time. When the devil is right here fighting us, that's the most critical time to continue to praise instead of putting our head in a hole. You know what Elijah did after those forty after that meal? It said that God gave him strength from that meal for forty days, and he went in the strength of that meal for forty days. Do you know why I believe that he had to go in the strength of forty days? Because for those forty days, that was all that he got from God. 
Now I want to say to you that you don't have to always feel what you think you need to feel. You don't have to always have that overwhelming joy to still know that you're saved. God is still there. And there's been times in my life that it's been long periods of time before He spoke to me again. And long periods of time before He delivered again. But even in those chains, His majesty holds you through. Even in those dark times, you can still go off the food that you've got in this revival. Now if you've been fed, and the devil does come on the scene, whoa, just remember the food. And just remember God that He's not changed. He does not have to speak to you. He don't owe that to you. But I can tell you that there's been some times in my life in those most desperate moments that I can look back on and know that God helped me and still rejoice in my heart. You know, over there, after that, it says that in, during that 40 days of nothing, during that 40 days of law, listen, Elijah found himself in a cave and God never intended for his man to hide himself from the people and to run to that cave. You can read, Elijah truly was the only one standing in those days. Truly, I understand the Bible says that there were 7,000 that had not bowed their knee to hell. I understand that it says that there was a hundred prophets in a cave that were still worshiping the Lord, but none of them was on the front lines of the battle. The battle got too hard for them, it got too bad for them, and they ran and hid themselves. Now when the battle gets tough and you hide, you run away, you go away from the house of God, you will be no effect to God. Them hundred prophets in the cave, yes, they were prophets. Yes, they were preachers. Yes, they still had not bowed themselves to any idols, but they did nothing in those days. You don't hear about them in the great battles, the great victories. It was Elijah and Elijah alone. But he never intended for his man to go to that cave. Never. He went to that cave and he never listened. And listen, he got so down because of the fight, and he got so down because of that time that I believe he had a hard time discerning the voice of God. And it comes, and it says that there was an earthquake and a whirlwind and a fire, but God was not in those things. Now, you and I would think that God would at least be in the fire because our God is a consuming fire, but God was not in those grand showings. He was just in the still small voice. <laughs> There's peace that you can have in a time of desperation. And there's a peace that you can have in a time of being bound. It's what delivers you to praise. And it's what delivers you to pray. And you know what happened when they got unbound? It said an earthquake came. It said their shots fell off. And it said that there was such glory and power from the display that God had delivered His people that that Philippian jailer stepped forth said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they told him to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. I want to say to us tonight that a lost world is watching you and these sinners that have been on this altar every night are watching you and they watch how you carry yourselves. 
on the heels of victory comes great battles. And, all, and when the devil comes, they watch how you handle yourselves. I can still remember as a child some of the fights that the deacons had in the altar. And people had to step between them because the altercation had gotten so bad that it was possible that they was going to fist fight in the altar. I can still remember when there was splits and divisions and as people walked out, that the others that was against them clapped because they was glad to see their brothers and sisters leave the house of God and never come back. I'm telling you, when you get bound down on the heels of victory, it can cause the vision that will hurt these that needs to be saved. Listen to me tonight. When you get bound down, just continue to praise. When you get in these hard times of disagreements, respect your brothers and continue to praise. Because the lost are watching you and you and your actions directly impact them. And if they can come to the Lord or not. He got saved and his whole household got saved because they got unbound. I want to tell you tonight, friends, don't you let the devil come into your heart. Don't you let him whisper those little things to you. I understand that it's very possible we're on the last night of revival. We've had victory. But I don't know why. I don't know nothing that's going on in your heart. I don't know. But God spoke to me. And He said, warn them that on the heels of victory is where the devil is. Guard your heart. Because this place can get bound. Sinners need the Lord. They need the freedom and the liberty of His Spirit. And when we quench the Spirit of God and bind it down, there's no hope for them. Friends, just keep the Lord on your hearts. Do the best that you can do. Don't forget where you are now. Make this start and continue on for God. Even in the midst of the battle. God will sustain you. God will help this place. I don't know if anybody's been saved or not, but I tell you what I believe. I believe victory's around the corner. And the devil knows that victory is around the corner. He'll bind this place. Don't give place to the devil. Guard your hearts and continue to pray. Continue to praise. The midnight hour's coming. Don't get bound up. That's all that's on my heart tonight. I know that's different. I know that's not what you it's not what I expected to preach. But friends, tonight it's a warning. Keep the Lord first. Don't know what needs to happen tonight. We can sing, we can pray, we can do whatever. Just follow your heart. Brother, I'll turn it over to you.